What is going on? Brett McGrath. I lead marketing at The Juice and I host this podcast called Modern Day Marketer. Thank you for stopping by. There is a conversation that is happening right now at The Juice with our customers. And I see it on LinkedIn. I see it on Twitter. And it's about content ROI. And so what I wanted to do was bring Kat on who leads customer success. She's been on the program before to talk about how our customers are thinking about this. Also, we have a big product launch coming down in about a month. So hopefully this content helps set the stage for it. And we're going to be announcing an event later this week with some amazing leaders, marketers about answering this question of how do we find ROI from our content and how are we able to communicate it with confidence? Really excited for this event and really excited to share it with you soon. But for now, we've got a conversation to share. So let's kick it over to it. We are on a, a tour of the employees at the Juice, and this is intentional. Um, we are leading up into a big launch we have later this month, and I wanted to make sure that I brought on a bunch of, or every functional owner, so we could talk about different topics that relate with what we're going to be launching. So um, last week we had Chris and we hosted our first product roadmap live, which is weird because we're actually waiting for it to happen. But by the time this drops, it, uh, it will have already happened. But in today's conversation, I'm, I've got Kat joining me and Kat leads customer success. So we're going to be talking about understanding what content ROI means for our customers and hopefully get into a fun conversation about it. But Kat, welcome back. It's been a while. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. It's so good to be back. I think the last time we recorded, I was like maybe week two on the job. So I feel like there's so much more to talk about this time around. And I'm I'm really excited about some of the things that we um, have planned to kind of cover today. So thanks for having me. I'm, I'm pumped about it. It was a you haven't been on since you started. There hasn't been another one. I don't think so, but we've been wow. figuring out. So I feel like there's been so much building and doing. So I, I think this is like the perfect time to to circle back and, and talk again. I'm sure everybody in a creator role listening can relate. It's almost like you have these conversations and then they become blurry. So if you would have asked me, I would have said you have been on several times, but anyways, we'll, we'll make this one worth it. So you work with our customers and our customer list is uh, always growing and you're taking on um, more conversations. You messaged me uh, before this and said, hey, Brett, we're launching two new customers next week. Here are the things that we're going to be doing, which I love uh, to highlight our customers and have launches around them. But I'm I'm curious because uh, so much of the conversation from a marketing perspective has been about kind of the economic climate and the uncertainty and resources, jobs, all these things that we're seeing on uh, being eliminated or cut back that we're seeing on LinkedIn on a day-to-day basis. But I'm curious, like, has anything changed climate-related based on kind of conversations you're having with our customer network? Definitely, 100%. There definitely felt like there was this moment kind of like last summer going into the fall where I think for anybody that's in customer success, you just, there is this massive shift in kind of concern and worry that you had all your customers kind of a little bit fearful about like what, what is next? So it was really interesting, um, you know, navigating that I would say, but I think the biggest thing is that 
obviously economic times are impacting all of us, but what we're seeing is CFOs, finance teams are becoming like a lot more involved in go-to-market activities from a budget perspective. There's always been like a need to prove something to that audience internally. I think we all know that, but I think they're more involved than ever. And I think that's kind of what started people getting like a little bit concerned or kind of standing up a little bit straighter to to know that they kind of have everything in their wheelhouse um, figured out and known. So, I mean, I think that's like the first thing that kind of came up. I think if I had to point to anything specific as far as like what those conversations are, like, I feel like there's like three main things that come up with that conversation when we talk with customers and that is like value, process, and influence, and like new year a little bit. Value makes sense, right? That feels like a pretty straightforward, easy one to pick. But marketers have to prove value for any software, any service that they're using, which I think can be really challenging sometimes when you're pitching that to someone who may not have any marketing or demand gen experience. There's a big push for showing results around specifically marketing source pipeline and demand generation. So you kind of got to define it with the dollar amount mm-hmm. right now. So I think measuring a content program and how content helps the company grow has become more of a priority. Um, I've seen that with even customers who came to me like before we even had a platform. <laughs> we never talked about that sort of thing. And now you can feel the internal I would say kind of pressure or change in like them coming to us and now having those conversations, which is great. We're happy to help with those things too, but it it's definitely a shift um, that's really impacted most of our customers, I would say. But want to see if you have any thoughts on that before I start talking about like my two other little nuggets on this topic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to react to uh, the CFO of it all. And I think, and I'd love to get your insights on this, but I've been in this position in my career and I know others have where you are pitching to try to get investment in content, whether it's, you know, more resources, staff, uh, software systems to help support your content marketing program. But then the CFO, you know, the way they think it's very bottom line driven and it's uh, input output. And that's not necessarily like content marketing doesn't work like that. Like it, ta- you plant the seeds, it takes time. And we as content marketers struggle with the attribution and the tracking. And we're always having to kind of battle those conversations where we know deep down, like, okay, you want to cut content marketing, let's cut it and let's see what happens. And basically it's, it, it's, by doing that, you're sacrificing kind of your future pipeline. So those are my immediate immediate reaction to what you said is like, I have a lot of empathy for the content marketer or marketers who are having those conversations with the CFO. And it feels like they're running into, into a wall because that's pretty normal. And I think part of what we're trying to do is help make those conversations easier and help provide that data and the lens on data that a CFO can look at and be like, okay, that makes sense to me. That's black and white. And I get why we want to do this now. 100% right on. You've lived that. (laughs) So you know exactly what we're talking about. And you've seen that kind of ebb and flow. I think another thing is just like process and influence. I've, I've heard from a lot of conversations with customers that they feel really unclear in the renewal process internally 
that they just don't really know even how much influence they have anymore. Something that they would have been able to sign for and no big deal. It's like, you know, do I have this decision? Do I not make this decision anymore? Even if they really love something and they love a product or service, it's like pitching that to somebody else and maybe not even knowing that until like you're 30 days from having to make that decision. It's like all of a sudden somebody else swoops in and is like, this is what I'm asking of you. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I'm over here in my lane doing what I do. And then also I think it just comes with like anytime you're closing a year or starting a year, just like most SaaS companies right now, for most people, it's the beginning of a new fiscal year. And with that just came comes a lot of changes and like priorities and leadership and restructuring. And I think like, especially with the economic climate, like there's been like a lot of focus on doing that internally, but then like, how does that impact direction and focus and what we are doing and what we're not doing and just kind of those conversations as well. So there's definitely a lot of factors, but I would say, I would hope any other customer success manager out there would kind of um, distill these as kind of the top things that we're seeing with value being, of course, the number one. I'm going to maybe just like a, a, a response off of that and a question directly for you and your role. It's like, what is your style? Like you, I'm sure you hear the stress. I'm sure you hear the uncertainty as the customer facing individual at the juice. Like we've got a product, but right. People like to work and talk with people. So you're building the relationship and trust. Like um, it's not easy. It's not easy for marketers. It's not easy for anyone right there, but like what, what kind of uh, just you and your customer success role, like what, what have you found to be a good approach in order to like always focus back on like what's important and figuring out ways that you can help. I know there's a lot of problems going on, but like how, how you and can help just as the CSM at the juice. Yeah. First and foremost, I think, empathy is always really important. So I think that's always my first reaction. Um, I think maybe that comes from my background of like my first job out of college was literally working in insurance and being on phone calls. So even if I'm not directly seeing somebody like just that, like, let me respond to what you said and how you're feeling is always like just my go-to, but empathy only gets you so much, right? You want to empathize with them, but action is really what's going to be like them being shown that you want to move with them and pivot with them. I think the important thing is balancing the conversation around like, I know as my customer, this is what you believe and you know to be true, but like, here's this other party we need to impress. So like, how do we make you Mm. look good? Like, what do they want? What are they looking for? How can I help you get there? I think it's all about how we can support framing it for them. Renewals, as of like somebody managing a vendor on the other side, not being the CSM, it's like a lot on top of your, like everything else that you have to do. So anything that I can do to like give them resources, give them slides, give them numbers to make it really easy and simple for everyone involved in their company is always my goal too, because we're not just going to like sit back and like see what happens. Like we really want to be actively aware of where things stand and what we need to do to help that person make it easier so that they don't feel like, Oh my gosh, I have a whole nother thing on top of my job of figuring out, you know, what we're doing here. Um, so yeah, empathy and action, I think are, are most important in just responding to all of that. I think it's important for anyone who just heard what Kat said is that right now it doesn't matter how great your product is. 
yes, your product should be performing if you want it to be renewed. But what also is important is making sure that your customers have the assets in order to communicate the value to stakeholders who are the decision makers who might not be in the product on a day-to-day basis. 100%. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about, um, I'm sure like the use cases, I'm sure they vary across the board, but like when I think one of the most exciting, like from an outsider looking into your world, one of the most exciting things I always find is these kickoffs. And when customers get on board, we help launch them. And I'm curious, just like, is there a trend on what customers who you're working with recently want to accomplish with distribution, with the juice? Like, what are some of the things that you're hearing? Definitely. Well, as you know, every customer and company has different beliefs about content and creation of content and outcomes of content. So honestly, there's a lot that could be listed here. I have thought a lot about this, especially in 2022, um, really taking some time to try and group and understand like what are those core kind of buckets? If we really have to boil it down, where should we be spending most of our time as we're supporting our customers? And Really, I would say like the main things that people hope to accomplish through their content that we hear when they come to us here at The Juice is brand awareness, gaining like a new channel of distribution, top of funnel activity that supports growth or demand generation in some way. And then lastly, like measuring the value of their content program is is another big one. So I would love to hear your reaction to just kind of me initially stating those kind of buckets before we dive into them. Yeah. So uh, on the other side, I think the thing that excites me most is this idea of our customers viewing the juice as a another channel to reach the people that they want to. Off, like when I first started here, like one of the big things that I always viewed is like, if I'm working on a distribution strategy, hitting LinkedIn, Twitter, Slack communities, YouTube, you name it. Like, I think that you should be viewed in of that same lens from a B2B marketer perspective. So I think that stands out to me, but then I think maybe just kind of back to you, it's just this ROI uh, conversation. And I think it's something that I'm glad we've been listening to and we've noticed that if we are able to answer this and respond to this, like it likely makes what we're taking to market more attractive. So I guess like when you hear ROI, like what are like, what are the types of like ways our customers are looking to track ROI through the juice? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great question. I'm glad that you touched on that one. I think out of that list I just provided, I think this one's the most interesting personally, especially because we find marketers, you know, they got spreadsheets. They're trying to pull all this data together to build this story of their impact. And it's almost like they're fighting for their own worth. And that's a really tough spot to be in. Nobody wants to have to do that, right? So I think some of the ways that people are looking for measurement is especially in kind of the... North Star of marketing source pipeline. I think if you talk to a lot of marketing teams, there's like a bajillion things that we could be measuring. But I think when they think about maybe their relationship or their fit within the organization, I find that at the end of the day, that's typically what they're measuring themselves on. And that's what other people are measuring them on as well. So I think that being able to provide metrics that support how much they're providing in pipeline as far as maybe net new or source, as well as 
Also influence, I think is really important too. When we talk about that, I feel like if you leave that out, you're kind of missing out a little bit. And I think a combination of both of those are some of the things that I I think kind of help build that ROI story for our customers. In addition to a lot of the other things that you would find typical for like new channel, right? Referral traffic, you know, engagement on our website, those types of things are of course still going to exist in ways that people compare as maybe against other channels, for example. But I think when we're talking about ROI, that anything that can kind of help tie those revenue dollars together is really what's going to be most important. Are there any um, specific examples that you can turn to where maybe you've had conversations in the past about ROI and goals, and then like through the evolution of working with you and you know, our customers using our product, like it, things have advanced to this level where like you, you left like the the fifth or the sixth or the seventh call. And you're like, oh man, like this is amazing. Like this thing is happening here that we've talked about. And now our customers are seeing value from an ROI perspective. And I need to take this back to the team and share insights. Like, are there any examples like that come top of mind for you when it comes to ROI and our customers? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that any savvy marketer out there is going to come in and be like, okay, we have set up, we've implemented, we've done all these things to kind of onboard like where the where are the results, right? I'm not going to wait until a year from now to know where we stand. So I always appreciate that. I think that is smart to be like, okay, where are we? How does that compare? How do I benchmark? One example I have of that is is a customer that came on in, I want to say July of 2022. And, you know, we were about like 60 days in and they're like, I'm seeing traction. I'm seeing people read, I'm seeing referral traffic, but I don't know. I don't know. Is it like, what's going to happen next kind of thing. And a lot of our platforms, similar to content programs, right? Content programs. If you write one blog post and like, leave it alone, like you may not see that much from it. The juice kind of works in a similar way that, you know, we're building your following, we're building your presence, we're building your brand awareness, and then we're also distributing your content. And so it takes a second to kind of see the full, I think, effect of the machine is what I would like to say. Mm. Um, And before I know it, I sat down with them a couple of weeks ago and they were like, yeah, the juice actually is like beating out our, our organic performance. Like, we are getting, this is a main core channel to how we distribute content into our content program. And I can't see myself taking it away from what we do. And that to me, obviously was really exciting and music to my ears to be able to see the transition of how it has integrated into their workflow and also has provided them more insights and data than they would get from maybe a different channel like social, for example, because they know that we're playing matchmaker and kind of taking their information about who their ideal buyer is and making sure that their content is getting in front of them. And they've seen over time as well, as we have all that set up for them, that the majority of people reading their content is the people they would want to be reading their content, which is also awesome, right? Um, That's, you know, part of going through the onboarding process as well with us. So I I think that's a good example of, of somebody who maybe came in wondering, where am I at? How do I compare to others? And now can say confidently that it's a part of their workflow and it's a part of their content program and they have reaped the benefits from that. What I love most about this story is the fact that it's something that I feel like marketers need need to do a better job of talking about. And this is non-specific 
non-juice related. This is everything related, but it's like everything we do is about consistency. And it you're not, we're not, like, no matter what we do, like you, you do something today, like the chances of you seeing results today or even tomorrow are very, very small. And it's just like consistent drumbeat of actions and activities uh, that compound over time amount to what we want. So that story warms my heart a little bit about a customer being a little patient and saying, okay. And then next time you check it in, they're saying, you know what, like this is way better than what, how our organics performing. I think those are powerful. And the whole time you're saying that it's just like consistency is everything. 100%. I think it's easy sometimes to maybe, and this is something I was thinking about for maybe a different topic we're going to talk about, but like, you know, I think it can be easy to say like, let's just cut the content program for now because content does take time to both build and to execute. But I I think especially in kind of 2022, 2023, you know, like it's a big mistake to be completely cutting that. And I feel like everybody eventually just goes back to doing content, even if they cut it or maybe less in production. I mean, I think the whole doing more with less content is a perfect um, option for that and should definitely still be in people's toolkits today. I love it. I want to definitely uh, hit on this before we get out of here. The next few episodes, obviously, we're talking with people from the juice and we're going to be teasing some of what we're going to be sharing uh, out in public. So if you're listening and you're a modern day marketer subscriber, you're getting an advance notice, a little behind the scenes look. But one of the things we've been really excited about is just, and I, it's been the primary topic of this conversation, is just revenue attribution without getting completely in the weeds, getting nerdy or trying to pitch our product that isn't like necessarily released yet on you, we have use cases with our customers. We have internal use cases. And Chris, who was on last week, has been helping quarterback this. And I don't know, like I am seeing connections in with HubSpot. I'm seeing connections in with Salesforce. I'm seeing influence numbers. I'm seeing source revenue numbers that are happening from content that is being distributed on the juice. And I, my, my lights are, or my eyes are lighting up. So I know it excites me. Obviously I work here and obviously like, I think it's cool, but I'm curious, like as you have kind of workshopped or uh, talked this through with our customers, like what's the response and what's the reaction so far? They are so pumped, double underline, cue the emojis. Like we are, for those listening, I can't even begin to show my excitement about, you know, how that has been received. It definitely feels like the right time. And I think it's especially important because our our customers feel heard, especially when we had those tough conversations in 2022, late 2022, where there's layoffs and we don't know what's happening and the economy is not great. I think that it shows that we quickly actioned what would be most helpful uh, for them kicking off 2023. So, I mean, obviously you can definitely see a theme we've pulled out is just that marketing source pipeline. It's a huge need right now. Um, So I think, you know, we've been able to show some early numbers for some customers who already have the Salesforce integration set up. And I'm met with so much excitement, but I'm also met with so much desire to like have it now and dig into the data and like go back to their team and be like, look at what I'm doing. So I think that it's been met with excitement, but also uh, continued urgency of like, but when do I get access to this? So I'm excited for us to be able to roll that out 
soon. And I know that's something you and uh, Chris were able to talk about in our event is, is covering as well. So we're as a team, just as excited as our customers are, um, because it is really, I think, going to help solve for a lot of what marketers are, are facing right now internally. Before I let you get out of here, a lot of people listening are in uh, customer facing roles that are directly working with marketers. Is there just in the last six months or so, is there any, there's been a lot of feedback you've offered, but is there any specific feedback that you would share with them just based on your experience in the communication and working with marketers during this time? Mm, that's a great question. I think just something I've learned, uh, both listening to like other people within the SaaS community and, and, and just even hearing just some of the challenges people are facing is I think especially customer success, maybe even customer marketing, you are so like you're the cheerleader for your customer. Like you can't help but just want to be their hype person. Um, but I think something really important right now is being really direct with your customers as well, asking tough questions allowing for discovery, not just reporting on what your platform or software is doing now or where it's going. I think roadmap, of course, is always important for customers to be aware of. But really, if you do get time with your customers one-on-one, that time is so special and so sacred that you should be really using that to to dig in and make sure that you're addressing the ch- what challenges are you facing? How are you using our platform today? Is there anything we can do to improve that? You know, what goals do you have? What's changed since we talked last? Where do you stand? How are you feeling about our relationship and partnership? I think that it's really important to be asking those questions right now, because I think that's what's going to help you get to the root of what's most important to share with your team internally, of course, but also just that relationship of let me help you just be honest with me about like what you're really facing, what's really going on rather than putting a facade that like everything's cool, everything's great. It doesn't have to be. We want to be supportive and make sure that whatever we're doing is making your life easier. So I know that's something I've had to learn. I'm not typically a direct person, but I've seen a lot of benefit in changing that a little bit with our customers lately. We will have to have you back on sooner than that because I had a ton of fun uh, listening to kind of the customer perspective. Kat, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Appreciate it. We all have those people that we work with that are just a ton of fun. We always enjoy talking with them and Kat is certainly one of them. She's always bringing positive energy and insights from our customers to the table makes my job easier and also inspires thought on ways and we should be talking to the market and ideas on different strategies and tactics we should start implementing so hopefully you enjoyed that one like i teased earlier we're dropping an event be on the lookout for it soon it'll be somewhat of a companion piece to this conversation you take care of yourself take care of others around you we'll be back soon